I really wanted to ring that first bell. That was very cool. Yeah, that's not as good, but it's, this one's more powerful. Okay. Thank you, Mike. Uh, my name's Joe Davis. I'm the lead teacher here in the garden, and we've been doing this <coughs> mini-series within the big series, uh, the big series being, uh, put the mouse click on the thing so I can advance it. There we go. There we go. Oh, no, wrong. Oh. Well, anyway, we've been doing this series called Move Over, and the idea behind Move Over is it's a series based upon getting us ready for the coming of the Lord. And then uh, within that series, we've been doing this thing called Fresh Starts. So we got it set here. I'm going to hold on. So but anyway, what we're going through this, this uh, series called Fresh Starts, and this is Fresh Start Step 4. And you guys just wave me when it's ready. But Fresh Start Step 4, and the title today is called When You Least Expect It. When you least expect it. And so uh, what we're looking at is we're looking at a passage in Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 1 talking about the story when an angel comes to Zechariah. And Zechariah is this high priest. He's married to this woman, Elizabeth. And they're older people. Uh, he's not a high priest, sorry. He's just a, a minor priest, like, a, like an assistant priest kind of, right? He works the priesthood drive through if you will, okay? He's got the microphone on. Can I take your priestly order? People come through. I'll have one sacrifice dove. And then, you know, they go through there. And so um, basically what happens is he's doing his thing at the work. He's at the priest office that day doing his thing. And uh, he's a righteous man, the Scripture says. He's older. He's barren. His wife is barren, Elizabeth. And then an angel appears to him at work. Now, I don't know about you guys, but if you're at the office and an angel shows up, there's going to be two things happen. Either you're going to quit. Well, the angel appears to him and God gives him a message. And at first, obviously, the other thing you would do is you would probably be scared to death if an angel showed up to you at work. The angel says, Zachariah, I don't want you to be afraid. Your wife is going to have a child. And the Spirit of God will be with him from his birth. His name is going to be called John. And he will have this very special, unearned connection <coughs> with Heavenly Dad. And he will preach a powerful message that will transform the lives of many. And so what happens is, Zechariah hears this. In Luke chapter 1, 18 to 25, he has this response, and he says, listen, this message, look, you're, it's a little bit intimidating here. I'm just sitting here trying to do priestly work. You show up. You tell me my older wife's going to have a kid. You tell me what he's going to be named. You tell me he's going to be really cool, and everybody's going to love him, and he's going to have this message of hope and redemption, <clears throat> and everybody's going to love him. I don't think it's going to happen. And the angel says, oh, it's going to happen. And just because you doubt it, I'm going to give you a not-so-pleasant sign to let you know that I really am who I say I am. And that sign is this. You're not going to be able to talk or hear until the baby's born. Now, Elizabeth is probably very happy about this particular sign, <coughs> but Zechariah is a priest. Could you imagine... Well, some of you, I don't want you to imagine this because it might get you excited. 
But could you imagine if I were, yeah, well, never mind. Right. <laughs> but then Elizabeth does become pregnant. You go, Zach. Good job. In between this story, Mary is told that she will give birth to Jesus. So these are, these are two women, and they're related. They're family members. They're probably cousins. And she goes and visits her cousin, Elizabeth, in Luke chapter 1, 26 to 56. They're together. <clears throat> they're together for several months. And so these many same things happen to both Joseph and Mary that happened to Zechariah and Elizabeth. Then I'm going to read to you a passage in Luke chapter 1. Now it came time for Elizabeth to give birth, and she bore a son, and her neighbors and relatives heard that the Lord had shown great mercy to her, and they rejoiced with her. And on the eighth day they came to circumcise the child, and they would have called him Zechariah after his father. But his mother answered, No, he shall be called John. And they said to her, None of your relatives are called by this name. And so they were making signs to his father you know, because he can't hear, inquiring what they wanted him to be called. And he asked for a writing tablet and wrote, she's right, his name will be John. And they were all marveled. They were stunned. They didn't understand. Why are, they, why are you calling him John? See, they gave him a new name, a name that God had given him. And immediately, right after he says his name is, will be called John, it says here in verse 64, and immediately his mouth was opened and his tongue was loosed and he spoke. And the first thing he says is praise be to God. And fear came upon all their neighbors, I bet it did. And all these things were talked about through all the hillside of Judea, and all who heard them laid them up in their hearts, saying, What will this child be? For the hand of the Lord was with him. So that's the historical part of what happens in this passage. And as you guys know, for us to really understand what the scripture says and what we're supposed to do with it, we have to understand the history of a passage. What about man? What did he do? Why did he do it? Then we have to understand the theology of a passage. And theology is simply what about God? What did he do? Why did he do it? Here's the theological aspect that I want you to get today. Fresh starts aren't always our choice. Sometimes a fresh start is embarked upon without your consent, without your will, without your planning, without your effort. And what God does here is, first of all, I want you to see, God chooses the couples. They're both unsuspecting couples. They weren't saying, no, I can't go to the, the temple potluck today because an angel's going to come and give me a message about a fresh start, so I can't make it. I'm not going to be able to do the pre-Christmas dinner like we normally do, because it's pre-Christmas, right? Because Jesus isn't. Okay, never mind. So you didn't get that. So I'll, I'll, I'll skip forward. Don't worry about it. Thanks. So I can't do the pre-Christmas dinner because, you know... I'm going to have this message. No, they were unsuspecting. See, I told you those were the points. You didn't believe me earlier, but they're up there. See that? Okay. I'm going to go through here. He chooses the couples. And he chooses unlikely couples, but then he also chooses 
the catalyst. The catalyst for both is a sensational announcement from an angel about John the Baptist and then later about Jesus. And God wanted to make sure the message was very clear. He wanted to give specific instructions so he didn't send an email. It wasn't a text message. It was a miraculous, sensational, incredible intervention by God into their lives. You know what else God does? He chooses the sign for verification. He made Zechariah deaf and mute. And you know what else God does in this story? He chooses, he chooses from birth John as his prophet. John didn't ask for it. John didn't earn it. John didn't work up to it. John didn't provide some sort of labor to get to where he said, God, now you've earned the right, John. God said, you know what? From birth, before he's even born, I'm going to give him my spirit and he's going to be my prophet. Now this is a little commercial, a theological commercial with inside the show, okay? John the Baptist was connected to God before he was even born. How is that free will? I mean, talk about a fresh start. John didn't merit the job, didn't work his way to it. It was just given to him. Now listen, this wasn't Jesus. It's not like this was Jesus. This is a regular, ordinary man made special by God's sovereign hand. And here's what we know about God. When it comes to salvation, he works one way. Now, Zachariah and Elizabeth were really good Jews. He was a priest. She's a good woman. They weren't even looking for a fresh start. They weren't saying, you know what we need to do? We need to shake things up here. Even though I'm not allowed to have a kid because I'm too old, I should just go ahead and have one. Guys, they didn't even know that they needed a fresh start. They thought things were fine. But they desperately needed it. And by the way, I just have to give credit. I stole that line from Megan, what I just said, from our meeting Thursday. She goes, they didn't even know they needed a fresh start. They didn't. They had no idea that they needed a fresh start, but they desperately needed it. They weren't working toward the fresh start. They didn't walk down some church aisle and decide today is my day for a fresh start. They didn't follow some sort of prescribed curriculum that says fresh start step by step. They were just sitting there, living their lives, and bam, God changed everything forever for their better, for them and for the better for us. Now let's look at the impact of their fresh start. We're still in the theological part of this, okay? Let's look at the impact of the fresh start that God gives them, both for John the Baptist's parents and for Joseph and Mary. First of all, people are marveled. They recognize God's hand immediately. Remember the wise men that came and met Jesus, and then John the Baptist is born, and the people are saying, Wow, who is this guy? He's going to be something special. You know what else happened after that as they got older? From John the Baptist and from Jesus, because of the result of this unsolicited fresh start, people heard the gospel, including you today. John the Baptist was in the wilderness preparing the way for Jesus for years. 
You know what else God did by giving them this fresh start? A prophecy was fulfilled. Isaiah 43, a voice crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make straight the desert. In the desert, a highway for our God. That's a prophecy of John the Baptist. Malachi 3.1, the first part of the verse. Behold, I will send a messenger, and he will prepare the way before me. Matthew 3.3, if you don't believe me, here's what Matthew says. For this is the one who was spoken of by the prophet Isaiah when he said, The voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare thee the way of the Lord, make his paths straight. You know what else God did by giving him this unsolicited fresh start? Salvation was made possible for all of us. All this started one day when Zechariah was working the priest drive through, and then the angel comes through and gives him a super value meal fresh start. Blows him away. And history is transformed forever. So what's the devotional application of this passage for us today? Sometimes fresh starts are unscheduled. Sometimes a fresh start is heaped upon you without your consent, without your will, and without your expert planning. God's calendar can often be in direct opposition to us and what we think a fresh start should begin with. In fact, very often the most effective, life-changing fresh start is unscheduled. One that slaps you right upside the head. And because a fresh start can sometimes be unscheduled, it can also be very inconvenient. Sometimes a fresh start is not congruent with our own plans, but sometimes our lives desperately need to be interrupted. Because what happens is when our inconvenient, unscheduled fresh start comes into our lives, it forces you to reassess your values. It forces you to reassess your goals. It forces you to consider where your treasures in life actually are. And that can be quite taxing. Trust me, I know. Not only can it be unscheduled, not only can it be inconvenient, an unscheduled fresh start can also be a little bit painful and embarrassing. Sometimes an unscheduled, inconvenient, embarrassing fresh start is so disruptive that it causes us discomfort and even pain. I mean, Zachariah couldn't speak for at least nine months. And sometimes, like I said, it's embarrassing. Sometimes a fresh start that is not brought on by... See, if you make all the decisions of a fresh start, you control the rollout. You control the implementation. You control what is revealed and what is not revealed. But sometimes a fresh start brings things to light about us that otherwise would be comfortably hidden away. But these kind of fresh starts are often the ones that have the biggest impact and the ones that can actually last a lifetime. As a matter of fact, it can last beyond your lifetime because in my opinion, these are the kind of things that build legacies and give you heritage. 
So let me explain a little bit about my unexpected fresh start. You guys know the story about my daughter and how we lost her in a car accident. What you don't know is what happened after that. And it was a very painful time in our lives, obviously. And I was having a, just, I'm just bearing my heart with you here, right? I was having a conflict with the pastor, the senior pastor of the church that I was working in at the time. It was very strange to me, like, you know, don't you see we're going through a hard time here? And he pulled me into his office, and he said, look, Joe, in the light of everything, I just don't see how you can continue in ministry here. I'm going to let you go. So just understand where we are. We're in New York. We're grieving. And I've just been told that the one place that I had some sort of consistency is no longer going to be there. So I go home that day for lunch, three months after the tragedy, and I tell my wife, I've just been fired. That was unexpected. And that was an unexpected few months. Four months before that, I had no idea I needed a fresh start. But it was thrown upon me and my wife. So right after that, we take a trip back here to Florida. And we have some conversations with some very close friends here in town. And we decided to start something called mobilepreacher.org and the Nightlife Center. And today there are eight different mobile preachers under our organization that have seasoned ministers, that have ministries that don't fit inside church walls, and they do ministry. Mine is the Nightlife Center. And that's been eight years. It's incredible what God has done. And you know what was really cool? We even had a sign. You're going to like this sign. It wasn't as harsh as Zechariah's. It's a lot better sign, but... So we sit down with this family. We actually talking to another family in New York when we're making the decision and, and, you know, what do we do? And they said, well, we think you ought to do it. And so we were there with about eight of us and we said, okay, we'll do it. And so to celebrate, we ordered Chinese. And you get fortune cookies. No lie, my wife opened hers up, pulled out the fortune. You know what it said? You are about to move to the land of sunshine. I'm not kidding you. I asked her to look for it, and she said, I can find it, but I'm not giving it to you. So I would have showed it to you today, but she didn't. I'm preaching here in the garden every week with you guys, growing closer to you each week. I got to meet Bruce and Megan and you guys and turning into a family, and I can't believe it. I mean, it's so amazing. I never would have started a mobile preacher or a nightlife center. My wife and I never would have labored through all of that trouble. And my friend Tony's here today. You were at the very beginning with that. I, I never would have imagined any of that. But God heaped a fresh start right in our lives that was unscheduled, inconvenient, and very painful. See, when God chooses to throw a fresh start into your life, will you be able to recognize his hand? 
I had trouble to recognizing that hand for a few months, as you could probably imagine. And of course, it was a painful time. And of course, of course, I wish that my family were still whole. But for me to be everything I needed to be for the kingdom, God knew that I needed an unscheduled fresh start. Because you know what I learned after this? And I hope you'll learn today. The best fresh starts come from a sovereign God with a much bigger plan than you could ever think of. And so while sometimes a fresh start is upon your shoulders and you're responsible for, for turning things and making new decisions and changing directions and developing new disciplines and surrounding yourself with new accountability and making declarations, sometimes a fresh start begins that way. Sometimes, like we said in the first step, a fresh start starts with God's Word and you read it and you hear it and it changes your life. But you know what you have to recognize? Sometimes a a fresh start has nothing to do with you. Sometimes, and I think the best times, are when fresh starts are wedged into your life, even when you've got everything crunched in so tight that God says, uh-uh, I'm making room for my plan. And he takes things and he pushes them apart and there's pain, and there's discomfort, and maybe there's embarrassment, and it's a little bit inconvenient. And in that space that he makes in your life, he inserts his plan for you against your will. And thank God for that. Because sometimes the best fresh start comes from a sovereign God.